I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Tonight, Panorama focuses on the terrace gangs who follow one small second division club, Millwall, in London's Dockland. And that is involved, including in our film, language you don't usually hear on television. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Well, good afternoon, listeners. Welcome to Achtung Millwall. My name is Nick Hart, as you well know, and we're in a rather empty and quiet den at the moment. I've got in a little bit early. The traffic coming over from home today was like running a knife through butter. So um, I was here dead early today. We're actually just um, watching a very nice Dockers Day on-field presentation to some long-term older fans, which I think is a very nice touch by the club and Chris Bethel, who's organising this down there. Um, one or two old chaps have just gone through, got medals for many, many years of service to the club as fans. And what a nice gesture by the club and by um, the supporters club to get this organised. I think it's very laudable. Nice, nicely done. And now next up are the members of the 1991 FA Youth Cup winning side back in the, uh, the old days of Coldblow Lane, of course. Just looking at the photos on the on the big screen. I think it was Tom, was it Tom Wally was the, the manager of that side. I'd, I'd have to correct that if I'm wrong. I apologise. I'm speaking off the top of my head. But then they've got some presentations and um, introductions for that side to the uh, the fans today. Some fantastic old kits being shown in these in these photos. The uh, the early 90s kits, the kind of pinstripe one when we moved into the new stadium, and also that kind of um, block kind of cross. The top half was blue, the bottom half was, was white. I don't know if you remember that one from the uh, 1992 three season. I think it was, wasn't it? You can hear the names being read out behind me. These were the winners of the 1991 FA Youth Cup. We'll have a fantastic track record in that competition for a club of our standing and size. And it's strange, some names you remember. Sean Devine's just gone through. Jeff Franklin, I don't remember at all. I've been around donkey's years like you have, listeners. Some of these are names from the past that have escaped my memory bank. I think it's old age settling, isn't it? It's the decline of the brain and the memory banks. You're going to correct me now? I was right, Tom Woolley, as the manager of the youth team. He's coming out now. Some great photos of the uh, cup-winning side, presumably a Colbo Lane. Uh, colours of the pictures are um, slightly washed out with age, as you'd expect, but they're fantastic to see. 
very nicely done, very nicely done indeed. Well done, Millwall. They, we do do these things quite well. We, we do some things fucking appallingly, and we do this kind of thing fantastically well. Well done to the club. So we've got Dino standing out on the pitch. We're going to let him take the stand, starting 11. Jordan Archer in goal. The Worms in. Ferguson back for O'Brien. Well, much as expected. I think no one really expected O'Brien to retain his place after that poor showing up at um, Colchester last week. Um, so in comes Ferguson by popular demand. Uh, the main surprise debating point, I suppose, is the retention of Sean Williams in midfield rather than Jimmy Abdu. Sean Williams obviously gives you a passing ability that Abdu doesn't. Abdu gives you industry, which Sean Williams sadly doesn't. Um, if he can raise that aspect of his game, as we said on last week's show, then um, we'd, have a, we'd have a player on our hands, wouldn't we? But as it is, we have the Sean Williams that we have. So Williams and Thompson will be our midfield duo today. Achtung, Mailball. Great cloudy day in southeast London, dear listeners, from wherever you are around the world, from Seattle to the Serengeti, from Hong Kong to Ho Chi Minh City. We get listeners all over the place, believe me. Well, today, wherever you are, it's a bit of a windy, coldish, greyish, not too bad a day in southeast London. A bit of a wind out there, the flags are standing proud in the wind. The two middle flags and the St George's Cross in the middle on the Docker stand opposite me. So a little bit of wind knocking around out there. Good day for football, I think, though. Good day for football. Today's opponents, Shrewsbury Town, were, of course, our opening day opponents back in the warmth of summertime. I drove up to Shrewsbury for that game. 2-1 win. Um, good performance, slightly against the uh, run of play at times, if I remember rightly. Long while ago now, seems ages and ages ago. Morrison, I seem to remember. I think, was it Morrison and Gregory got the goals that day? It was certainly a good win, if not a good performance. But it does seem a long time back now. So here we are at the business end of the season. We're really needing a win today to consolidate our playoff positions. Achtung, Mailball. Speaking to the news at Den before today's game, Neil Harris has told our players, our squad, to raise their standards against the Shrews. He's challenged the players to repeat their recent performances, such as Burton on that Monday night a couple of weeks ago when they play Shrewsbury this afternoon. Incidentally, do you say Shrewsbury or do you say Shrewsbury? I always say, actually I vary it. I, I say Shrewsbury a lot and I say Shrewsbury occasionally. Um, which probably explains my split personality, my bicameral brain, listeners, my split down the middle. Same as I sometimes write in Joined Up and sometimes I'll print in Block Capitals. I think it's a psychotic trait, but there we are. Um, so Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury, take your pick. Anyway, Neil has ch challenged our squad to raise their game to Burton levels and I think that's right I think there is work to be done these are not a bad side out here today and although they lost 5-1 last weekend against Wigan they had a bit of an unbeaten run prior to that so I don't think they're slouches I don't think they're slouches Millwall by contrast had a very poor show up at Colchester a 0-0 draw covered so admirably by Harry Warren on my behalf last week huge thank you to Harry for covering that in the way that he did really pulled me out of trouble I couldn't make the game um, I had an eight-year-old Star Wars party to attend. I was dressed as a Chewbacca, um, so no contest really. But anyway, Harry covered it on my behalf, done a fantastic job recording. And that's not easy. Um, not easy. Done very, very well in my opinion. So big thank you to him for that. 
So Shrewsbury were relegation candidates, but they managed to pull away slightly from the zone. So what we're hoping for today is the kind of lull of mid-table respectability at the end of the season, so enabling us to take three vital points in our push towards the, uh, consolidating the playoff situation that we're in. Shrewsbury manager's bloke called Mickey Mellon. Mickey Mellon, what a fantastic name that is. Brian Banana, Harry Apple, Mickey Mellon. Actually, he's got a double L, so it just takes away the... Um, the visual aspect of that joke, but great verbally, great verbal joke. Thank you, Nick. You're welcome. Right by Campbell Brain talking again, listeners. Neil Harris describes Shrewsbury as a strong, solid physical outfit, so it does mean we've got to do the work side of it well today. So let's hope that Sean Williams has taken note of his manager's pre-match exhortations. Here come the teams. Shrewsbury wearing yellow and blue stripes, blue shorts, yellow stockings, the Lions obviously in their dark blue and white shirts, white shorts, dark blue and white stockings. Whenever I see Shrewsbury I always think of the uh, movie Spinal Tap, I don't know if you've seen it, listeners, but the, uh, the bass guitarist spoke with a kind of um, artistically arranged moustache and sideys arrangement, always wore a Shrewsbury uh, town yellow and blue striped shirt, uh, particularly the scene where he gets um, Metal search at the airport when you find a metal codpiece in his crotch area. He is wearing a yellow and blue striped Shrewsbury Town shirt. Must have had some significance for the scriptwriters, but what a great scene that is, nevertheless. Shrewsbury Town coaches organised some chest pumping, chest pounding routine involving running backwards and forwards and jumping up and down in the air. And then lots of hollering and bellowing I'm seeing going on there now. It looks like a few cod martial art moves as well, maybe. So clearly they're going to come down here and try and match us physically. That's what I detect from that pre-match run around that he's just given them. Their coach has the look of um, the Yorkshire Ripper, Peter Sutcliffe, that kind of beardy, slightly uh, perm type haircut. And that might be Mickey Mellon, I don't, know. I don't actually know what Mickey Mellon looks like, but Mickey Mellon will be a great name for a psychopathic serial killer, and he's certainly got the look, if that is indeed him. So Mill with a huddle, pre-kick-off, you always wonder what gets said in the huddle. Kick him hard, that's what I would be saying, kick him, kick him, and kick him harder again. Shrewsbury attacking the cold blow lane end in the first half, Mill attacking the away ends. As is right, as is proper, under English law, ancient and royal. Well, here we go. So who would you have played in midfield, listeners? Who would you? If you put yourself in the shoes like Elvis once asked you to, put a, walk a mile in Neil Harris's shoes, who would you have played in midfield alongside the undroppable Ben Thompson now? There's something to say. Would you have gone for Jimmy Abdu and his tireless running, the aimless passing, or would you? taking it upon your shoulders in the face of the West Lower and the uh, angst that would come your way online to stay with the wand with Sean Williams. Um, it's a tough one, isn't it? With his passing ability, but his lack of application. These are decisions that managers get paid for. Thankfully, all we get to do is comment on them with no responsibility, like the whore throughout history. Power of no responsibility. Implication that someone in the Shrewsbury end is a member of Grinder, the Grinder app. Shrewsbury with a little break forward as a shot. Caught by the wind, so it went upwards and high and wide, but it was an opportunity for a moment just outside the mill penalty area for the seven to take a volley, as it turned out to be. Um, as it was, it went down wayward roads, um, thankfully, from our point of view, for a goal kick. Two minutes into the match. First, I don't, don't want to call that a chance. It's not really, it was an opportunity. It wasn't really a chance. to Shrewsbury. Seven, a little bit of a physical back with Mark Beavers, pushing Beavers around a little bit and winning the ball. 
Three minutes into the match, the seven looks like he's a man that wants to be involved in today's game. 15's got the ball now on the right-hand side. He's crossed in, that was a volley on goal, high. Everyone's taking a mickey out of that. That was an opportunity. That was a better chance for Shrewsbury. Three and a half minutes into the match. As it was, they put it high over the crossbar on the volley from that cross from the 15. Shrewsbury coming forward again. Cross defence splitting past the 29's in front of goal. That's one nil Shrewsbury. Cross the, the ball across the middle defence split us apart to 29. He was onside. Um, yeah, the one-on-one with -on -one Jordan Archer has put it into the right-hand side of the net. It's one nil Shrewsbury, just four minutes gone into the game. That is not in the script, listeners. That is not in the fucking script. Well, like I said, they've looked a little bit dangerous coming forwards, and I think we are a little bit switched off at the moment. They all need a rocket up their jacksons. Oh dear, what's that? We'll do without that. Shrewsbury coming forward again. 15 now on the right-hand side, five and a half minutes into the game. We're a little bit under the cosh here, a little bit on the back foot, for no good reason. I think we're just they're just playing as they can do, and we are not playing as we can do. The seven is bullying Mark Beavers. They just physically pushed him off the ball there. And Beavers is getting pushed around slightly by the Shrewsbury number seven, whoever that man might be. Shrewsbury free kick forward, a 24 takes on 10 minutes. Long and wide, over towards the seven, over by the corner flag. He's been the most dangerous man so far. He's been dangerous again there. He's done the, um, Romeo. Win space on the edge of the penalty now for the... Uh, this is this Pass the ball over Plom. Shot on goal. At the moment, we have the air of um, a group of uh, girl students on a butterfly collecting expedition. We happen across a rather rough-looking group of farmhands in the Shrewsbury farmyard somewhere. We've got to raise our game. This is we're not doing it at the moment. It's a tenth-minute pass here. Crowd getting involved. Call it a real forward passing at the moment on 12 and a half minutes. It's been poor to say the least. A couple of balls forward have been just been picked up quite easily and simply by Shrewsbury. You do get the sense that. Uh, they've done their homework on us, they know what to expect, and by winning that early advantage of the goal, they can sit back and wait for us to come on in a very predictable manner. Mill got a slight air like I have, and I've had a hard night out the night before, my time of life, listeners. For about two days afterwards, everything feels sluggish. For in, in, Younger listeners may need to know that this is how it goes. But certainly if I go out on a, on a Friday or a Saturday for about the next couple of days, the whole weekend is used up trying to recover it. At the moment, we look like we're probably about... Halfway through Saturday afternoon after a bender last night. Moving around, but not with any great enthusiasm. Long ball wide for Shrewsbury. Finds a 15 on the right-hand side as they attack. And there's the 12 into the box. That's right across goal. The 7 at the far post is screaming at himself. An admonishment for not getting on the end of that. That was an opportunity for Shrewsbury to make it too. 17th minute of the game. Mill really do need to tighten up at some point soon. Otherwise, this one is going to slip away from us, dear listener. Story on the news at Den. There have been no offers from other clubs for any of our out-of-contract players at the end of the season. Neil Harris says that no, uh, none, of our mill, none of our mill players, Harris says, such as e.g. Mark Beavers, Joe Martin, Byron Webster, um, nor Ed Upson or Carlos Edwards, who maybe is the more understandable, um, have had any offers coming. No one's coming with any interest, maybe a little bit early yet, but certainly if there were uh, any kind of saleable assets, you might think that someone else would be interested. But as it seems at the moment... Nobody coming in for these players. Marlon Romeo tries to cross. That's going to go for a corner. <coughs> First middle corner of the game as the 19th minute turns. The story is that we've secured a number of our younger prospects, such as Ben Thompson, Marlon and Aidan O'Brien, um, on long-term contracts, whilst John Marquis, Lee Martin and Jack Powell are all out on loan, are not expected to return. It's going to be a corner now for uh, Shane Ferguson. Here it comes, header on goal. 
free header from Mark Beavers, headed downwards. Goalkeeper pushes it round for a corner. So, yeah, first team regulars, Mark Beavers, Joe Martin, Byron, all on deals that would expire after the season ends. No one's come in for any of them. Whilst Ed Upson and Carlos also have yet to have their futures decided. Um, Carlos is, a, is an interesting one. There's a story on the, on the same website that seems to imply that Harris sees another season in him. Um, certainly in terms of experience and possibly as a coaching presence around the club. Um, on, on, in terms of 46 game season, it does seem a lot to impose on a, what would he be then, 38-year-old, 39-year-old? That's a lot, that's a lot. Much will depend on his own sense of his own fitness, I guess. Smill on the attack as I'm talking to you. Taylor's getting involved, that's what the crowd want to see. They want to see a little bit of effort. Ball runs clear as it is. A little bit more um, impetus and energy there from Mill. Ball falls offside, the seven is offside. Thankfully, as the 21st minute approaches, halfway through the half. Shrewsbury would be much the more pleased with the two sides. They've had a much better start to the game. They've got the goal, leading at 1-0 at the half point, way point of the first half. Mill have just shown a little bit, a modicum of energy in the last few minutes. Otherwise, very little, very sluggish, very, um, very half-hearted. Strange to report, but there it is. That's what we've seen. Let them know you're there. That's right. That's what we haven't done. They have done. They have shown us that they're there. Midfield, across the whole, from the forward line backwards. We know Shrewsbury there, but do they know we're there? I don't think they do at the moment. Throwing from Joe Martin down beneath me in block one. Ball runs close. Ben Thompson does well. He loses out in the tackle to the 17. Now, but Shrewsbury have a chance to bring it away here. It remains 1-0 to Shrewsbury as the 26 minutes passes us by. Mill's tactic of choice, which is, as we all well know, the long ball towards Steve Morrison for the flick on header, is not really working so far. Um, it seems as though Shrewsbury have done some background research into us. Maybe they've watched the telly or something. And they've seen that is our ball of choice, our weapon of choice. And unfortunately, at the moment, they're planning for the second ball. Um, Morrison's getting a, a battle. And the knockdowns are not going to our blue-shirted players so uh, at the moment we need to think of something else we need to come up with some other method of unlocking this Shrewsbury defence at least no one can ever accuse us of inconsistency in approach it's what we always do I know going to be a free kick here for Shrewsbury right hand side about central midfield in the middle half the 11 and the 24 standing over the ball for Shrewsbury it's about, about 35 yards out towards the right hand side of the mill penalty area so it's going to be a cross one would imagine 28 minutes on the clock. The 11 takes. It's crossed in. Deep, deep, deep. And that's going to fall into the mix. It's bobbling around. That was put wide in the end by their striker. Little moment of um, hubba-bubba when nothing, no one seemed to be in control. Beaver's having a torrid time. He's won a free kick down there under the pressure of the number seven. Absolutely torrid time of it, listeners. He's um, being given the, given the run around by that number seven. He, thankfully, he conceded a free kick there, so we'll and um, assuage to bring away the danger. That long ball goes straight to a yellow and blue striped defender, as so many have. Coming up for 30 minutes gone. It's been a very poor display from Mill so far. Some good news, some professional deals for some of our five promising academy players. Um, James Brown, who is, of course, sole brother number one. Noah Chesmain, Harry Gerling, Harry Donovan and Rian Bray have all earned professional deals. So well done to those players. Clearly, the academy crop continues to improve and they've all done enough to earn themselves a deal. Well done to them all. Mill with a free kick, which is on the halfway line. Shrewsbury's rough tactics, earning a free kick at last. 
referee copping a little bit of um, friendly advice from the, from the West End. 31 minutes gone, mill free kick. They've looked like a bad side, they passed it well. They've shown a lot more effort and commitment than Millwall and they've made us look a little bit one-dimensional. The reason they've done that is because we are one-dimensional. Some days it works, some days it don't. Oh my God, what's that? We're on the break, here's Chris Taylor, just outside the Shrewsbury penalty, he fires high and wide. Morrison overlapping him slightly, pulling too wide really, but Taylor took it upon him to shoot. Well done to him for that, but it was high and wide of the right-hand side of the post. 34 minutes. This is Ferguson now from the left. He's shot his boot with a corner. Man's taken it straight in the mush and he's gone down to the amusement, the, the utter amusement of the Millwall crowd. He's gone straight, he's flat on his face at the moment. He took that ball straight in the, in the mouth, in the mue, in the mue. Gestures in front of me from some elderly gentlemen implying that he pleasures himself at night. It's the six, the six has gone down. Actually, he's already been clattered once by Steve Morrison. Now he's been slapped straight in the face by Shane Ferguson. Well done to Shane Ferguson. Rather knocked him for six, I think. He looks a little bit um, bewildered. Mind you, I suppose I would do, in all fairness. We're just looking at a few on the screen whilst there's a pause in play. There's a few um, examples, tryouts of away kits. I don't know if you've seen this online. You can enter your... Um, suggestion for a mill away kit. There's a rather nice yellow and blue retro 1988-looking kit just gone past. A bloody, a bloody horrid one, like a like an opal fruit type um, yellow going merging into gold and orange. One that's just gone past. So go online, find it on the Millwall site, and enter your suggestion. Ball's bouncing around the in the Shrewsbury penalty area. It's going to be cleared by the 18. Personally, away kit should be all white in my opinion, but I'm a boring old fart. I quite like the yellow and blue cross diagonal one. That's, that's an old school retro. I like that. Maybe do that one. Mills full, but just off the pace. They tried to get a little bit of a uh, one-two passing move going through the middle there. Just went on right at the last minute. Little flick on header from Gregory there. Just gone behind Morrison rather than in front of him. Uh, it's just not clicking. Just not clicking at the moment. This is Morrison just outside the Shrewsbury penalty. He tries a lob from distance. It went, looks like wide of the right-hand post. I can't tell you how far wide, right? This is Steve Morrison, however, from distance. He runs into trouble. This is Chris Taylor. Clipped by the 24, wins a free kick. Right-hand side of the D of the penalty area, about 30 yards out. Yellow card for the 24. Little pause in play. We might as well tell you about Andrew Mills, who was uh, Mills' head of recruitment. Story on the, uh, on the news at Dan saying that he did a terrific, in, in quotes, a terrific recruitment job. Let go, of course. This year he's on a one-year contract and they've not renewed that contract. So whether that's good, bad or indifferent, I don't know. What do I know of such matters? But he's done such a fantastic job, they've not renewed his contract. Neil Harris says he has the final decision on who leaves and who joins the club. But he praised the former head of recruitment, Andrew Mills, for setting up this recruitment department. Pointedly, it says that Harris recruited Marlon Romeo, Jordan Archer, Joan Martin, Tony Craig and Steve Morrison to the first team squad so I'm not sure who Andrew Mills might have recruited maybe that was part of the reason for his removal this is a shot from Ferguson straight into the wall 43 minutes and there's the six now central midfield all into the box across the Millwall goal bloody hell 43 minutes Mill catch a break there as that went wide of the left hand post in the end but that was a ball straight across our six yard box with no real challenge going in from the Mills defence Harris says that all players that come into the club, or leave the club, are signed or let go by me. Final decision. It's 
firmly put, isn't it? Final decision. There are lots of parts to the process of bringing the player in, ID, uh, i.e. identifying players in the first instance, finding out their availability, then working with their agent on their expectations in terms of wages. The biggest thing, though, is character references. So this is the number one driver from Millwall. Um, identifying players of character, the right kind of character. Um, the recruitment departments work busily behind the scenes, gathering all the info that Neil Harris needs, putting together a dossier on the player, including watching him in numerous games, getting references and other such info relating to how he plays and what he's like in the dressing room. So, not a bad format for the, uh, the club to follow. Four minutes of injury time. We'll win a corner. So Chris Taylor with the corner now, deep towards the centre, uh, the penalty spot, it's going to run clear yet again. Nice tackle there by Ben Thompson, but we haven't won an awful lot of ball in the areas that count in this half, this is. Ben Thompson's little tiger of industries, won the ball back well there in injury time. Williams with a nice pass to Taylor, just outside the... Shrewsbury penalty, this is Ferguson now, left-hand side, little chipped cross in towards Morrison, can't get a clear header on it, can't get anything clean on it. And it runs to the 29, who whacks it into Joe Martin for the throw to Shrewsbury down below me. The key does seem to lie in exploiting the wings, dear listeners. I am no football pundit, I am no football thinker, but whenever we seem to keep the ball on the floor and pass it down the wings and then get the cross in, we've, we've had the best of the chances we've had so far, let's put it that way. All bobbling around on the edge of the penalty here. It's a shot from the seven. Just past the left-hand post. Dangerous again. Free kick for the Lions. About halfway inside the Shrewsbury half. Might be last gasp saloon. Last chance saloon, not last, last gasp saloon. Is the place opposite. It's going to be Shane Ferguson standing over the ball. About halfway inside the Shrewsbury half. It's going to be a floated ball into the mix. It's going to be in towards... Oh, header from Lee Gregory, palmed away off the line by the 21, the goalkeeper, 21. Real chance there, Mills' first real chance, only real chance of the half. Good save by their goalkeeper though. H holding there, still bobbling around, it's going to run clear, I think that's going to be it for the half. Shrewsbury close out the half, a goal ahead, Mill nil, Shrewsbury Town 1. Very disappointing half football from the Lions, that late, late chance there from Lee Gregory, the best of it. Otherwise, it's been an arid desert with not even the odd oasis to quench our thirst. So there we are, half-time. We're going to take a slight break, and now we're going to take a little bit of a moment out of this game to bring you um, something slightly different. I spoke earlier on today to a football lawyer specialist by the name of Alison Gurdon. That's G-U-R-D-E-N, if you want to Google search her. Um, she's got some... doesn't She specialises in the world of football law. And I thought it might be useful in the light of the publication of the photographs from Oxford this week by the Thames Valley Police. So have a quick listen to what she, she and I said earlier on today. So let's uh, take a break and we'll be back later with the halftime tweets. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Achtung, Mailball. All right, massive welcome onto the show to possibly the most intimidating guest I've ever had on on, on the Mill podcast, Alison Gordon. Thanks for coming on the show today. Um, you're a, a lawyer who I believe specialises in um, football-related issues, and the reason we've asked you on the show is we've had a, a few pictures published this week, as often happens with Mill fans, of um, pictures taken of alleged incidents at the Oxford um, game earlier on this year. Um, now, this is a massive issue in football, isn't it? Um, the, these pictures almost imply guilt when they're published online. Yeah, one of the problems that we find with this is that in many respects, football fans are vilified by the press before anything has actually been punished or before they've actually been ended up in court. Um, in many areas of law, you'll find that people won't have their photographs published, but it, for some reason for football, they do. Um, and this is one of the areas that we look into quite a lot, trying to actually persuade the police not to to publish the photos in advance because just because someone's at a football match doesn't necessarily mean they've done anything wrong yet their employers and their family and everybody else can then start looking at the photographs and thinking oh they've obviously been involved in some kind of football trouble purely because they're in the press yeah it criminalizes you from the very start doesn't it is it the, the the kind of verdict comes before the um the trial almost it does, because in many respects we find that people don't actually end up in court. Their photographs are published in the press and their name then is published afterwards in the press, but then they don't end up in court, or if they do end up in court, they're, they're acquitted, but it's too late then. Yeah. Everyone has seen their photographs and everyone has just put two and two together and made five and decided that they must be a football hooligan. Yeah, I mean, this is a common event. I mean, obviously the whole, the whole issues of being videoed, CCTV use, and, and sometimes the, um, the over kind of reach of stewards in, in football grounds, these are all big issues. But certainly, as Millwall fans, I mean, this, this is a, a constant um, experience every time we go away and often at home as well. Yeah, there's certain games that you'll find you will your fans will be um, videoed more um, than, than at other games. I mean, if they go to Leeds and, think, and um, games like that, they'll find that they're going to be videoed more and more. The stadiums now have so much CCTV footage as well that pretty much everyone is covered from the time that they leave a, a, a train station or a tube station yeah. to when they're in the ground. They're now pretty much covered on, on video or on um, photos of some kind. I think that the, the issue here um, is the fact that you have photos that are in the press that have been taken at the Kassam Stadium and at the moment um, it's insinuated that those people were involved in violent disorder or fray, um, but there's been nothing really to um, indicate why that's, it's believed that those people are involved in that other than just the photos that have been published. Um, and my concern with that is that 
the individuals whose photos have been published are now in the position where um, they are possibly wondering whether or not they should go to the police yeah. or wondering whether or not they, you know, their employers are going to find out purely because of the fact that their photos have turned up, which have either come from um, police footage or have come from CCTV footage. In the, I mean, just as a um, on a practical level, I mean, for fans that who who do um, find themselves being detained at football stadiums, what what's the general advice that you would give to fans in that situation? Do you give do you, do you say the least possible? Do you give your name, address, and no more? What what kinds of um, advice would would be good for um, supporters in that situation, Alison? Well, the, the difficulty is that if you don't give your name and address, all that's going to happen is you're either going to be arrested or you're going to be ejected from the stadium, and most of the time. Um, someone will know who you are because either you will have a ticket on you that will have your um, link to your name or you'll have a season ticket that will be linked to your name. Yeah. So the reality is really that if you ask for your name, for your details, it's easier just to provide your details. The problem that I have with all of this is that sometimes you're being asked to provide your details by stewards and then a message goes back to either um, the football officer or goes back to the club about behaviour. And it's a bit like Chinese whispers. So by the time it gets back to the club or the football officer, the um, alleged behaviour is ten times worse than the, the reason that the fan was stopped in the first place. Mm. So there's no... I would suggest that, yes, give your name and address, but don't give anything or your, your name and um, date of birth. Don't give anything more than that. And if you are asked any details, effectively, or asked whether or not you, you accept that you've done anything, Thing, the best thing to do is just say I'm, I'm, I'm not accepting anything um, and if you are then taken to the police station obviously you're entitled to a lawyer um, if you're dealt with it by the club then the best thing to do is just say I'm, I'm not prepared to say anything I want to know what the club's actually going to say about me first um, if you are ejected from the stadium then effectively there's not much more that you can do once you've been ejected they can't take any um, any further details from you. They can literally just eject you and then obviously not allow you back into the stadium. But from a fan's perspective, they can't demand to be allowed back into the stadium once they've been ejected. Right. I know you have a flight to catch very shortly, so we probably need to um, think about um, some practical um, contact points. You're on Twitter, Alison, aren't you? So anyone that wants to get in touch yes, with you, in the, we've had a, a whole bunch of photos published this week. So anyone that is interested in contacting you, I'll, I'll um, put the links to, to your website and to your Twitter feed on, on the show notes that go out with this. Um, also, I mean, the Football Law Association, I think you're a member of, of that. Is that is that correct? Um, well, the, there's two. There's a football supporters federation that I'm right. not involved with, um, but there is also um, a a solicitor, Melanie Cook, who is the football law association, as in on the the, uh, the Twitter link. Yeah. Um, and she is a good person to contact as well. Either myself or Melanie Cook, really, other people to contact. If you are contacted by the police in relation to the photographs, even if the police just say, well, we'd like you to come down to the station or we just want to have a chat, my advice is contact myself or Melanie Cook first and we can give you advice on whether or not it's a good idea to go down to the police station just for a chat or whether or not you need a lawyer um, or whether you should make a prepared statement. So it, both of us are well aware of the uh, what's going on at the moment in relation to football law, in particular in relation to the Oxford and, and Millwall match. Um, and either of us can be contacted at any time. Get yourself some advice is the is the is the prime point. Yeah, that's that's fantastic, Alice. I'm going to let you get your flight now. So I really appreciate you taking time out today to talk to us. That will be useful information for a lot of people. I do know. Maybe we can talk again another day. In that case. All right. Thank you very much. Thank- Achtung, Mailball. 
So there you are. I hope you found that interesting. If you have been affected by the issues raised by Alison and my conversation, such as having your face plastered all over the internet without any court in the land, convicting you of anything other than the implied guilt of her being at a football match, um, why not check out her blog? Uh, now, I'm going to spell her surname for you. It's Alison, G-U-R-D-E-N. Alison Gurdon, all one word, dot wordpress, one word, dot com. So Alison Gurdon, with a U, dot wordpress, dot com. She's also on Twitter, where she's at Gurdina. That's G-U-R-D-E-N-A. Um, if you need to get in touch with her, she will help you. I'll put you on to someone who, who can. Um, as we said in the conversation, get yourself some advice if you're pulled for anything related to a football match. Um, get the advice of a specialist. Achtung, Mailball. Here we go. Here we go. Your favourite part of the show is the halftime tweets. Clay DJ says Shrewsbury has something that we don't, and that is pace with a capital letters. Pace up top. It's killing us. Three um, sad faces. Hashtag Millwall says Play DJ. Pace. That's that's for sure. And the ability to pass the ball to um, Play DJ. Jack TK says another game where a lack of a good options on the bench will cost us. I do agree with you, Jack. I'm just sitting there towards the end and a half, thinking, well, how are we going to change it? And truth to be told, all we've got is Aidan O'Brien, who's looked like he's um, in need of therapy at the moment. And Fred, um, that's not what I call the options to change a game that's clearly at the moment running away from us. The Lions Live Radio, with more than a little bit of um, sarcasm, says this is a cracking time of the year to start looking lethargic. Tom S. says that's dreadful. That was dreadful. Playing in straight lines all the time and resorted to aimless hoofing. Hashtag Millwall. Well, that's what we do, Tom. Unfortunately, that is what we do. Whenever we don't do it, whenever we try and play the ball around and get around the back of defenders, then we do look mildly more dangerous. But at the moment, no, that is what we do. Mark Richfield says full credit to Shrewsbury. Uh, they've taken the game to us. They fully deserve their lead. We can't handle their pacey front line. Pace, pace, pace. What is this thing called pace, dear listener? I've never seen it. I'm a Millwall fan of 40 years standing. I don't know what pace is. Mark goes on to call for some urgency from Jimmy Abdu, some Jimmy Abdu urgency. At least he'll get in the middle and make something happen. Um, yeah, we'll certainly get, we'll certainly get in the mix, Mark. That's for sure. What will make happen, I don't know. Oliver Weiss says, "Good chance at the end of the half of the Lions, but I cannot disguise what a shit first half that was." Shrewsbury well worth their lead. And Johnny Suntan, superbly named Johnny Suntan, wishes we had 11 Ben Thompsons in the team. He's the only guy who turned up. Kimo says. We've been outclassed by Shrewsbury. Fucking Shrewsbury. Abysmal. And Eddie Toomey says this sounds like one of the games where, the mill games where he'd be explaining to the stewards how much he wants to go home. So clearly Eddie's not down here today. But I know what you mean, Ed. It was one of those games. The mill halfway line. Let's go with the mill halfway line. He says it's not about formations, it's about too much anxiety in our play. Having said that, Abdu on and Williams off. John Kelly says this is rubbish, to be honest. So there we are. A fair summary of the half from the Mill fans on Twitter, I feel. I've nothing to add to that. I can't add anything to that other than um, I agree. I agree. Achtung, Mailball. One last one from Jay Zon, with a more than a hint of sarcasm, Jay, if, I, if I'm going to be honest with you, mate, but I'd like it. At this rate, we're going to struggle to hold on to Williams, he says, the one hashtag. Interesting performance if you were left, deaf, dumb and blind, like Tommy from the Who's Rock Opera. Deaf, dumb and blind boy. Just waiting for the team, or well, the Millwall team, to come out for the second half. Shrewsbury have been on the pitch for some minutes. The only Millwall member of the uh, squad out on the pitch is Aidan O'Brien, who clearly is coming in. He's stripped and ready for action, warming up, running back and forth. 
Abdu was kicking about on the uh, on, on the pitch at half time, so he's not going to be involved at the start of the second half, clearly. So Aiden's going to come in. We don't know who's gone out as yet. We await the Lions. Must be some team talking to going on down. There's been been some time in the in the dressing room at half time, listeners. Justifiably so. Pony first half from Millwall, given the circumstances, given our lead position to come up with that dross at home, it's unforgivable. So clearly, Neil Harris is telling a few home truths in that dressing room at the moment. Let's hope it works for a second. Here comes Morrison, there come the Lions for the second half. So let's see who's replaced with Aidan O'Brien. Joe Martin. Joe Martin's gill now. Ferguson will fall back into left back position. Aidan O'Brien will probably sit in front of him. Uh, strange, strange decision. Many were calling for the wand. Sean Williams to come out. He's not, he remains. And as it is, it's going to be Ferguson in defence with O'Brien further forwards. Second half's underway. We're attacking the cold blow lane in. Let's hope for a lot better. It can't get any worse. There's some consolation in that, I guess. Early attack for the Lions is Taylor down by the right-hand corner flag. He's bobbing and weaving, but two men in front of him. He clatters his cross, and it's going to be a throw-in for the Lions. Seconds after kickoff, a bit of sustained Millwall pressure down by the corner flag, not in front of goal. I hear, I hasten to add, but in uh, the corner flag, win another throw-in. It's a longish one in from Marlon Mo Romeo. It's headed backwards by Steve Morrison and away from by the defence there. So Ben Thompson wins a little bit of head tennis just outside the. Shrewsbury penalty here, Marlon Romeo, a little bit more urgency, it looks like, from the Lions. Crowd like it. Ball bobbing around inside the penalty area, that was O'Brien in the mix, that's going to be a middle corner. We've opened up better, listeners, we've opened up with a, uh, since kickoff, it's been, the ball's been at the Shrewsbury end. So that's Ferguson with the cross from the corner now. Deeper, deeper, deeper. Ball hanging around in the mix there, the goalkeeper falls upon it. That will end that period of danger from the Shrewsbury point of view, as the 48th minute Click, click, clicks past. Radical new tactic there. Um, Jordan Archer rolled the ball out to Shane Williams, just in front of him, to try and get some passing going. This is obviously a new direction we're going in. Few tackles as well. That's another change. Marlons gets forced over. That's going to be a mill free kick. Crowd are a bit more involved because they see some effort and a little bit more cohesion. Webster takes the ball wayward pass very well in his stride there. Move breaks down, unfortunately, as a consequence. Seven on the edge of the mill penalty area. Dangerous looking player all game. He's passed inside. Shot from distance from the uh, 20, the 17, excuse me, wide. When they get their ball and they, they move it about, they look quite a dangerous team. Um, they certainly have more pace, has been identified, than we seem to have shown their first half. They get a second goal. I rather fear our goose will be cooked. Fantastic skill by Aidan O'Brien there, who took the ball mid-flight and backheeled and kept it in play to retain possession. Uh, Williams hoists it over the bar under pressure there, but some fantastic skill down the left side shown by Aidan O'Brien, earning applause. You can hear that applause around the den. Which is good to hear. I don't really want to hear him turn into a boo boy, the uh, favourite of the crowd, to get on his back. That position reserved for Sean Williams, obviously. So 54 minutes turning past on the clock. Lines look a little bit brighter at the start of the second half. O'Brien's looked quite um, bright since he's come into the game. He's been given free run, I think. As O'Brien now across again, that hits the defender falls to Williams at the edge of the penalty. A little chipped ball in. This is Morrison headed wide. It's, oh, blocked wide. Gonna be a corner for the Lions. That was better. Crowd liking it. Shane Ferguson to take over on the left. 
Deep cross, headed away, falls to Ben Thompson on the edge of penalty area. What can he do? Gets a shot on goal. Fantastic fucking goal! Ben Thompson on the volley! That's how penalty area volleys it straight in! Fantastic goal! Ben Thompson! One all! 56 minutes! That's enraptured the crowd! That got fucking bonkers! Pandemonium around the den! What a goal that was! You want to see it on the YouTube? Caught it on the volley! Volley straight in the net, the goalkeeper was helpless. Replay showing gets it on the volley from outside the penalty area, it's void straight in the net. Dipping shot, fantastically taken goal. Ben Thompson, what a prospect that boy is. Now they will got to keep it tight in defence, they still look dangerous when they come forwards, listeners. We've got to keep it tight, but this is a big opportunity to press forwards. It's a big game. Big fucking game. We've all been half asleep since the game started. Maybe that will enliven us, I do hope so. Crowd are involved. We're with a corner. 58 minutes now. Long pump back by the Shrewsbury midfield. Goes aimlessly out for a corner. Mill corner on the left-hand side. 58 minutes. Well, is that the Monopoly card? The get-out-of-jail-free card? You don't deserve it, but you get it. A stroke of luck. Ball into the mix, bobbling around. That's run across. Calls for a penalty, not given by the referee. Didn't see enough of it to comment, listeners. You'll have to watch that on the replays, I couldn't tell you whether that was a good shout, bad shout. The crowd out there and the cold blow, who are hardly impartial, it's on a little secret, we're calling for a penalty. Ben Thompson back doing some defensive work there, the boy's energy is unstoppable. He really is a prospect, he's involved in everything, there's a ball forwards there from Thompson, finds Gregory, 59 minutes, overlapping by Morrison, he's got O'Brien to aim at, Morrison checks, what can he do, he plays it back to Romeo, does he know he keeps the ball? He turns his man, Ball across the box, cleared off desperately off the line. Nearby, this is Mill transformed, listeners. Absolutely transformed. We're now looking dangerous when we go forwards. Morrison kept the ball very well there, got a cross into the near post, and that was desperately put over the bar by the, the uh, Shrewsbury defender. You're going to be a Mill corner. 60 minutes, half an hour to go. Deep corner again, but it's 2 1! Straight header on goal from Steve Morrison! Corner into the deep corner, headed home, simple, simple. Like that thing off the telly says. That, that, what's it called? That meerkat. Simples. 2-1. Yeah, let's watch the replay now. It's a straightforward corner from Shane Ferguson. Unchallenged header from Steve Morrison. Left-hand side, not quite enough the post. Straight forward header in. 2-1 Millwall. The Docker stands dancing. Palpable sense of relief around the stadium, dear listener. I'll tell you that much. Oh, it certainly isn't me anyway, I'll tell you that. For nothing. Palpable sense of relief. Kind of feeling you get when you've put your credit card somewhere and you can't find it and then you're searched everywhere and then you put your hand down the side of your cushion on your armchair in a right, with a right hold up and you find it stuck down there. And there's palpable sense of relief then, in out. That's what this is all about. Spray pass across the uh, Shrewsbury half, finds Marlon down the right-hand side now, ball into the box. Straight into the uh, Shrewsbury defenders. Good work by Beavers there, he concedes the throw, but he's under pressure from the seven. He's had a, um, an eventful afternoon with that seven, he's, he's, he's a decent player, I don't know what his name is, nor would I find out. You know the form on this programme, don't you? I don't find out the opposition's names, because I don't care, but the number seven does look like a decent player, certainly one for the recruitment team to put on their spreadsheet of possible players that are quite good. Thompson in with a tackle, concedes a throw-in, that boy is 
in the frame for man of the match for me so far. He's, the transformation of the second half is down to Ben Thompson primarily in my book. Also, Aidan O'Brien's coming in with a lot of energy, a lot of running. Stadium buzzing with that contribution, Ben Thompson. That, that opening goal for Millwall, it's a fantastically taken strike. It really is. When, when you, one of the goals of the season, in my opinion, for the, uh, the situation, the, uh, the static nature of the game from the Millwall perspective, to come up with that and transform our fortunes in the second half is a standout. Who knows where we're going to finish, who knows what's going to happen, but that was a transformative goal. Morrison coming in as a right winger almost now. He's, he's tried to pass into Aidan O'Brien. That's clipped the uh, Shrewsbury defender's foot there. Aidan sees it through from Millwall corner on the right-hand side. 64 minutes. 65 minutes. Mill's second corner in succession. Another deep one. Oh, it's over the bar from Mark Beavers on the volley in front of goal. Couldn't really get anything on it. It's gone off the top of his foot, I think, and gone over the bar. Unlucky. Chance. So well done to Harry for talking to himself throughout the whole game last week up at Colchester. It's a strange thing to do, dear listener. Um, I, I always sit with about a, a, a ten-seat um, sanitizer zone around me. No one wants to sit next to me because I sit here talking to myself into a, a voice recorder. Uh, but well done for Harry for doing that. It's not the easiest thing to do. If you fancy a chance, Ben Thompson's coming down the left-hand side here. Ball into the box. Gregory's over the bar. Fantastic run and cross by Ben Thompson. <coughs> Man of the match, who else is there going to be? The boy is, has taken the game by the scruff of the neck. That was a fantastic crossing. Gregory unlucky, it was just probably a little bit too high for him to get onto properly. He's kind of got a glancing header over the bar. Um, where was I? I don't know, I was waffling. Would you, you know, if you want to have a go, fancy game, go, doing a little bit of in-game comment, let, get in touch with me. Um, Nick, I'm, I won't bite your head off. It don't hurt. Yes, someone might think you're a bit of a nutcase, but fuck me, what's worse, there's worse things in the world than that, isn't there? Give it a go, why don't you? Shrewsbury just mounting an attack here, the ball bobbing around the edge of the penalty, and a shot on goal taken nicely by Jordan Archer down low. 67 minutes. Moments um, flashing danger, I suppose, a little moment where you think, oh Jesus, what's going to happen here? But Archer was equal to the scuffed shot as it turned out to be on 68 minutes there from Shrewsbury. It falls back to Shrewsbury looking suddenly ragged like a team that's um, had the stuffing knocked from them. They're now in the, in the position that we were in of having to come at us, leave it, allowing us to break forwards and allowing us to take the space. And um, I don't think they're quite as comfortable on that as sitting back behind the ball and um, hitting us on the break. So it is a transformed second half. Dear listener, wherever you are on this planet. So in comes the second corner. It's a deeper one. Williams in the mix. That's a volley. It's taken on the line by... Joel Narchar, the volley wasn't really, uh, didn't get any, any uh, power behind it, so it was an easy enough take in the end for Joel Narchar. Quickly taken free kick by Shane Williams, releases Morrison down the left hand side, he's got men in front of him. Ball into the box, this is Gregory, back to goal, can't find Morrison, move breaks down, unlucky, 72 minutes. Ben Thompson's energy, he's, just, he's won a ball there, he shouldn't have won. Try to go past two men, gets clipped and wins a free kick. Man of the match, it's only 73 minutes gone. Cold day, but warmed by the spread of that one-goal lead now for Mill. 2-1 as we go past the uh, 74th minute. 75 minutes approaches. Shrewsbury on the attack. Byron's in there. Fantastic challenge by Byron Webster. Just to take the sting out of a possible move forward by Shrewsbury. We've done that with class and eclat. Eclat. This is Chris Taylor now coming forwards on the right-hand side. Interchange with Marlon. Marlon on the right-hand side. Marlon's gone into the box. He's gone down. No penalty. 
took a clattering, maybe went down a touch um, like they do in Swan Lake with a little bit of a dive forwards on a dying swan. Got a great Margot Fontaine and Rudolf Nierev. Perhaps, maybe not. Crowd wanted a penalty, referee weren't going to give it up. Very experienced work by Marlon Roma, he's a young bloke, but he managed to physically work the 26 and draw a free kick. He scored it off the pitch for a goal kick, as he would have thought it was, as it is the referee's given a challenge against him. Very experienced standing up, kind of defending there, if that makes any kind of sense whatsoever. And if it does, you're a better man than me, but it was good work by Marlon, take it from me, listeners. Victor on, there's a chance here for the Shrewsbury forward. Fantastic tackle by Mark Beavers. Let's get enough on it to rebound it off the oncoming striker who had a moment where he's looking to pull the trigger. Challenge from Mark Beavers does the job and takes away the danger. A couple of moments in the last few minutes where Shrewsbury have shown something of the, uh, the aplomb of the first half. And we just need to close out this game now. This is coming up for 80 minutes. That was an opportunity almost there for them, as it was Beavers dealt with it. All over the top. Oh, offside. Thank Christ for that. He put it wide in the end. Little ball over the top, shows me one-on-one -on -one with Jordan Archer. The offside flag went up just at a critical moment. And he put it wide to the uh, sounds of Wanker from the East Upper. Fantastic work by Steve Morrison, managed to keep the ball in play there, and put Shrewsbury under a little bit of pressure there. Another player might have given up on that ball forwards, but he done very, very well there. Ferguson on the left, 85 minutes. All kind of uh, taking it, all Mat Matador style, just standing around with a ball at their feet at the moment. There's no great pace. This is Byron up against the 26. Byron's with him all the way. Shows reclaiming a penalty. It didn't look like a penalty, in all honesty, it didn't look like a penalty. Byron stood his ground very, very well there against the 26. There was a moment where that could have gone either way, but um, that was no penalty. Believe you me, dear listener. And I'm a fair, blind, fair minded bloke, as you know. Long punt forward from Thompson, trying to find Lee Gregory. Puts the eight under pressure, but Gregory goes a tumbling. Ball back pass, puts Gregory through on goal. Penalty. Goalkeeper clatters in. Poor back pass from the Shrewsbury defender. Puts Lee Gregory through on goal, right-hand side. Tries to run a goalkeeper. The goalkeeper clatters in, gets the red cards. 88 minutes on the clock. It was a penalty. And by the letter of the law, he's got to go off. I think that's an unfair law. I'm going to say that right here, right now. But that's what the law says. We stand by it. They've got to stand by it. Um, I'm unlucky on that goalkeeper. He's done very well for them this afternoon. But it's going to be a late, late penalty. Probably Lee Gregory to take. One of the outfield players going to have to go in goal. Because, of course, they must have used up all of their substitutions. There's a rarity. You don't see that very often in the modern game, do you? The 18. It looks like it's going to go in goal. I've not seen that for donkey's years. Goalkeeper threw him the, the goalkeeper's jersey. Gregory just putting the ball on the spot. Lining himself up. 90 minutes shows on the clock. We'll stay with it for the penalty. If we get this, it'll settle it. Be a howler if he misses. 3-1, yeah! bottom right-hand corner. Lee Gregory, 24 goals there, is it? Three goals to one, game over. Um, justified penalty, that was a penalty. Poor back pass by the Shrewsbury defenders. They were trying to press forwards late in the game. Overstretched it. Gregory's for a goal, goalkeeper trips him. Not the worst foul I've ever seen in my life, but that was a penalty. The netball law says you've got to go off the pitch. And then they finish up an outfield player and goal. But well, that's 3-1. Bottom left hand, bottom right hand side. Low level. He went the right way in fairness to him. Upson's coming in, Gregory's going out to applause. So he's done very well again today. It gave you the Lee, the Lee Gregory performance, um, which is always committed. And a consolation of a late penalty goal, late and a half.
he would have scored that if um, the goalkeeper hadn't had touched him. There's Aiden on a break. He's got Morrison over the top. Ball can't find its way through. It was like Fennel through a needle's eye there, trying to Fennel between two defenders. Just cut out the last moment as Morrison fancied a chance to add to his goal tally for the season. There's the final whistle. This is 3-1. It finishes to Millwall. Fantastic second-half transformation. You put that down to the influence of Ben Thompson. I thought he took the game by the scruff of the neck. I want to mention in dispatches, Mark Beavers and Byron Webster who really put their, their physical stamp on the second half. We're going to draw a discreet veil over that first half period. Um, also good work by Lee Gregory and Aidan O'Brien, all fairness, in the second half. That was a transformed second half. Fantastic win in the end after a very poor first half. Mill 3, Shrewsbury 1. We're going to be right back after these messages with some chit-chat with Mr Charlie Mahoney. You're listening to Achtung Millwall. Huge welcome back to the show to Charlie Mahoney. Welcome back, Charlie. Hello, Nick. How you doing, mate? You alright? Well, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, we were just saying off air, weren't we? I mean, I, I normally do some prep before I do a call to to um, uh, guests, and I've done fuck all tonight, Charlie. So, uh, and we were just talking briefly. That was a, one of the strangest games I think I've seen in a long time. Talk about a game of two halves. I mean, it's a cliche, but true in that case, wasn't it? Probably the best example I can think of in going to me. Well, I was certain that I was going to be leaving the ground fuming after the game, after that first half performance, genuinely one of the worst showings I've seen in the first 45 minutes down there. Totally, yeah. So, usually you get a little bit of a disagreement, you know, sometimes people are a little bit more forgiven, they say, you know, oh, we might turn it around, it's not been that bad, but I think there was this unanimous sort of disappointment with how they turned up today, initially. There was no energy. There was no. There was no other route other than the the long ball to Steve Morrison, and on, on its day, I mean that has its has its value. But the knockdowns that we were second best, Shrewsbury were looking like Barcelona at one point. The way they were, their goal was a was a defence splitting pass, wasn't it? I mean, we we just looked hopeless. Relegation candidates. That's it. I don't think it was just the fact that we uh, started slow. It's it's the fact that we were punished for it very early, and then we started to panic. Uh, we looked really lethargic. We were sort of outdone by them in every department without ever really showing what we can do and um, my my thinking is there's been a lot of talk about you know Harris has probably given them the sort of Alex Ferguson style treatment at our time and then the, the substitutions made a difference but yeah. I think one of the issues was that the instructions he's given them for the first half were so specific and they were following them really rigidly that by the time it comes to the break, he's just said, you know, forget that, express yourself a little bit more, switch it up and don't just play one particular brand of football. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the BBC site as we're talking. I mean, that seems to be the gist of what he said. Um, express yourself. So presumably, when when our players do play with a little bit more freedom, um, they've, they've clearly got the talent to un- unlock a defence of Shrewsbury's uh, level. But in the first half, I didn't. I think we could have played that first half, could have gone on forever. We wouldn't have got close, would we? Uh, definitely. It seemed uh, to me as if they were trying to emulate the way that they beat Burton the yeah. other week. Because yeah. if you think of uh, particularly the second goal from Gregory, you know, you have a static midfield, the ball just falls to them. Williams, who is much maligned and rightfully so, 
in that case has put through a great long ball to Gregory and it seemed like Harris took a bit of inspiration from that and it just wasn't appropriate for today. No, we, we do put great value in the power game, don't we? The long ball power game. And great as that is, when it works, it's fantastic. Love it to death. But when it doesn't work, we're just left looking slightly bereft of any other ideas. And that was, I mean, just listening to the, I was doing the edit before you and me spoke tonight of the, of the, of the bit that I did earlier on. And Shrewsbury had quite a few chances in that first half. They could easily have been two goals ahead, if not three, if on a, on a different day. It was, we, we rode our luck a lot in that first half, in my opinion, Charlie. Didn't learn the defensive lesson. I think the goal was extremely soft um, from a defensive perspective. And I was just having that panic every time I got the ball and went forward. A few people around me identified, I think it was their number seven. as Seven was a, a yeah. danger man. Yeah, I, I, I picked him out. problems and he did. And uh, we just didn't react well enough to the goal. I think we panicked rather than um, we sort of calibrated. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think we learned uh, enough of a lesson from the first goal. It was very soft defensively and it seemed that we just panicked as a result of it rather than sort of going back to basics and, and doing what we do well. They were quite physical. I mean, I, I, I was struck before the, the game started. They were doing a kind of like a chest-beating routine, a bit like King Kong or something. And, and you know, the, the, they had a coach out there that was pounding his chest and getting them fired up. They they clearly had done their homework. They clearly come down to matches physically. And in all honesty, they did, I thought... Mark Beavers was being bullied by that seven at one point. He was, he was being pushed around, beaten for pace, and I thought he looked a ragged player. But fair play to him, fair play to the whole Mill side, because you know if we draw a discreet veil over that first half, the second half was transformed, Charlie. I, I can't believe the second half in comparison with the first. It was ridiculous because, as I say, I was so convinced that I'd be leaving the ground fuming. We've, we've had lots of situations at the Den in recent years where we go a goal behind and you know it's going to end up being like that sort of frustrating thing for the majority of the game. Yeah. And um, I think the main thing that's pleased me, other than uh, the result and the repercussions it's had on our league position, is that it's the first real sense I've got of Neil Harris adapting to the tactical situation within a game successfully. Yeah, I mean, we, we, I mean, we, we had one late chance. It was almost on the stroke of half time. I think it was a header on goal from a, a set piece, and Gregory had a, a glancing header, which the goalkeeper did well to Palmer. And I, incidentally, I know he got sent off late, but um, I thought their goalkeeper was a fairly useful player in in their side, and he did well to get down to that. Otherwise, the first half there was there was jack shit from the Mill point of view, really. Second half, though, Charlie. I mean, as you say, there's something happened. I don't know what he said at half time or what was put in the the Lucas aid they drink, but there was there was something that's gone down there. They've, they've come out as a side totally transformed. No, it was instantaneous. I think, um, other than what I've mentioned with what he said to them about their philosophy and and the way he's spoken to them at half time, you've got to credit the difference that the substitution has made as well. I think um, Martin wasn't having a great game, and no, Ferguson no. wasn't. Uh, we weren't seeing the best from Ferguson. Him slotting back into left left back and uh, O'Brien coming on and sort of proving a point after being a little bit disappointing at Colchester really paid dividends. He made a big difference, O'Brien, and I think that's um, that's worth saying because he got slated last week at Colchester and yep. he's, he's an easy target when things don't go right. He's a confidence player. He's an attacking flair player. So when it works, he looks fantastic, and when it doesn't, he looks like the donkey. But um, today, he was it was he changed it in that second half. As 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 everyone's raving, Charlie, we might as well get the name out there now. Ben Thompson. I thought that was a, a a transformative performance from Ben Thompson in that second half. I think transformative is right because I've always liked him. 
Um, but I had a few reservations. Never doubted that he turned into a good player. I was just struggling to define what kind of midfielder he was in previous matches. Um, he looked to me like he was very defensive, very bullish, very tenacious. But today he showed a real desire to get forward. And I saw new things from him and I was so impressed. I think he's a young kid and the confidence to take your role in, in amongst the group of senior players, it must it requires a certain depth of character. And I think for me, that's what I saw in the second half because he took that game by the scruff of the neck. And uh, I mean, the goal he scored was, was fantastic. The volley from the uh, outside the penalty area, which jettisoned us from being in the shit into suddenly a situation where we're looking to win the game. And that, that was single-handedly done. It was the message we needed to send out to Shrewsbury as well, because it's that idea that, you know, you can frustrate us, you can do, you can be physical, you can retain the ball, but we have got little flashes of quality that we can bring out and that will fuck up your old game plan. And it's exactly what came from Thompson's goal. Yeah, no, it was, it, it was it was a moment of magic. And then very shortly afterwards, the corner came in. And I think um, Morrison had almost a free header, it looked like, from, from my end of the stadium, which implied to me that a team that had come here to defend had slightly gone to pieces as a consequence of, of what Thompson had done. And, yeah, been demoralised by the equaliser. And I thought it was nice. It might just be me, but it seems to me like goals from those kind of set pieces and corners are a bit of a collector's item this year. So it was... Was nice to see. It was a good moment. I mean, it, uh, suddenly the weight that was lifted off the collective shoulders of the den when we went two one ahead was 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 something to behold. Um, strange incident towards the end of the game. Obviously, there was the the kind of um, sending off of the goalkeeper. I always feel, although we benefited from it, I always feel that the penalty in itself is punishment. To get the red card for clipping the the striker going round, I know it's the rules and no one's going to change it, but it always feels slightly. Um, disproportionate Charlie I don't know how you feel about these situations it was a bit weird considering that you know the game had potentially been put to bed by awarding the penalty anyway and I might be wrong but I think they'd already used their substitutions as well yeah yeah. so it's a little bit more vindictive in that respect and hence the outfield player going in goal which is a rare sight in the modern game but They'd used all three subs up, so um, he had to give his jersey over to one of the outfield players who went in basically to pick the ball out of the net. It was a nicely taken penalty by Lee Gregory on on, on the stroke of the game. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not going to complain about the goalkeeper being sent off. It just does seem rather out of proportion once the penalty's been awarded um, for what wasn't the vindictive foul. It was was just uh, Gregory was going to go around him and put the ball away anyway. So, you know, um, it just seems an an odd rule. I sort of felt um, a couple of people around me were saying, you know, we could really do with a third goal for the goal difference. But I wasn't entirely convinced that we'd won the game at 2-1. And I really did feel a sigh of relief when uh, the penalty was awarded. So good um, effects on the goal difference, but probably crucial in just winning, winning the game. Yeah. yeah. I, no, I, I thought that, I mean, as, as we got into the last five minutes, it was end-to-end stuff, and I don't think Shrewsbury had written that game off in their minds. They weren't the beaten side at that point. And um, I'll make you right. I mean, as, as the game was stretching, you could see if, if if we could keep them out, we may well nick one at the other end, and that was kind of the way it worked out in the end. But I didn't think they were a bad side. I'm just looking at the league table as, as we're talking here, Charlie, and they're, they're one place above the bottom four. Um which is which is interesting. So I didn't think they looked like a, a a fifth from bottom side today. They they showed a lot. I thought. I've certainly seen worse down there this season, but I think um, what came through, if there were any negatives, is that idea that you know they they're very organised. They do their homework, but unfortunately, if you come across teams that have got a little bit of quality, um, a few match winners, then that will only 
take you so far. But um, if they stay up, it seems like it will be the result of them working really hard and, and actually studying their, their yeah. opponents. They've got a couple of games in hand over Blackpool, um, and I guess the fragility that they showed once we once we worked our way back into it, they, they, they did disintegrate a little bit, so maybe that's why they are where they are. Meanwhile, back at our end of the table, um, that was a good result for us in league table terms. It puts us fourth. Um, one point behind Bradford in, in third spot, and probably a little bit too far, seven points off of Burton in, in second. I I still think that's a long stretch to get to second second spot, but um, it's not completely out of question at the moment, is it? It's not. I think I agree with you, though, that it's probably a little bit beyond us. We've shot ourselves in the foot a few times too many this season to probably go for automatic. But for me, I'm really pleased because it just makes us that much more safely sort of ensconced in the playoffs positions now. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's it's going to be a, a bonus. I mean, I think um, Glenn, this is all Glenn posted. If we told him um, that we'd finish in fourth position after the Coventry home game, he'd said you're on drugs. And I, I think you, I think you're he's right. You know, I mean, there were there were points in this this season early on where we we couldn't um, we couldn't buy a win, we couldn't get a goal. So to finish where we finish, whatever the outcome of the playoff lottery is, um, it's a massive achievement, Charlie. I feel. I think it's brilliant. As I said earlier, the way that you saw Harris adapt to the the actual game, I think it was sort of a microcosm of our season. What you're seeing is a young manager who's learning very quickly, um, frighteningly quickly, I think, because if you think back to the Southend Cup game that wasn't that long ago, no. he's, he's come such a long way. No, his, his, his development is something to behold. The development of the squad, the way some of the kids are coming through. I mean, there, was a, there was a story on the news at Den this week of five of our academy kids being given professional contracts. Um, we've seen the development of Ben Thompson and Marlon Romeo, who have not mentioned yet in this in this piece, but both Thompson and Romeo are now must-picks. You, you, you wouldn't name your starting eleven without Ben Thompson and Marlon Romeo in it. And that's, that's a massive advance for those two boys, isn't it? Oh, it's great. And I think when you add that youth element to it and, and where we are in the league and the fact that we're still in with a chance, I think individual results can make you despair a little bit. But if you just take a step back and, and have a bit of perspective, you have to say that everything's really moving in the right direction at the moment. Too much good news, Charlie. It used to be better this show when we had something to moan about, mate. It's, <laughs> <laughs> we, could, we could double the amount of time we could speak to each other based on moaning. But Well, I'm sure <laughs> opportunities will arise for that in the future, but this is me all after all. But uh, that's why I'm not taking it for granted now. No, I mean, we've got a big away game next week. Coventry mid-table side, um, 57 points, 13th. So, again, that's, a, that, that's the kind of place we've got to go to. Certainly not looking for... We're looking for a, 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 the minimum as a point and, and, and potentially the win, really. It's, it, we're at the business end of the season. So every game now is, is massive, isn't it? Oh, definitely. I think people have been really looking forward to that day anyway. A lot of people haven't been to the Rico. I think we'll take quite a few up there. Um, but it's a good opportunity because it feels like they're totally out of the picture now. And I like playing sides at this stage of the season who haven't really got anything that they can strive for. I mean, whichever way this season works out, playoffs obviously are a lottery. We, we may or we may not um, find success in, in the playoffs. Um, if we do have to stay in League One for another season, we've got some teams coming down that will um, make for some nice uh, away days. Bolton are coming down, of course. Charlton look like they're um, destitute. And, you know, we've got teams coming up from like Oxford coming up and Northampton where you've got some more southern-based sides with a few more local derbies. It's We've endured a grim season and there are happier days, whether in this league or the higher league ahead. So who would have thought back in, uh, in, in the depths of despair back in August that that would be how it would work out? 
it's just nice for us not to be under immense pressure to go up, I think. As you say, um, if we're still in League One next season, not only is the opposition a lot better, but I think you know people will be very optimistic throughout the summer, particularly when you look at the likes of Romeo and Thompson and O'Brien and potentially even Fred as being that year better and uh, able to compete at this level a lot more. Fantastic. Great stuff, Charlie. Thanks very much, Nick. My pleasure. Appreciate you coming on the show tonight, mate. We've done it with no prep. I don't think we did too bad without any preparation notes or anything. Any, I think we've had another sherry, Nick. Pre- any, pre- <laughs> any pre-scripted sherry <laughs> witticisms? <laughs> Fantastic, Charlie. Look after yourself, mate. And Cheers, um, thanks. Speak to you soon. Speak to you soon, mate. Achtung, Mehlball. Well, it's not exactly a Sunday morning nightmare, dear listeners, is it? It's actually more like a Sunday morning dreamland in the aftermath of that 3-1 victory yesterday and the fantastic performance, the fantastic personal contribution of Ben Thompson. So as you know, we do our short review of the online comment and I'm going to lead off with one that really struck me on The House of Fun by Dan Dong. I didn't think I would say this about a mill player for a while, but watching him, Ben Thompson, was worth the entrance money. Fucking brilliant player, the boy. Old Les refers to that dire first half, absolutely dire. Uh, then a brilliant second half performance, the best one in a long time from a Millwall midfielder. Meaning the boy Thompson, of course, took the game by the scruff of the neck and turned it on its head. Goal of the season, man of the match. And that's quite an accolade after a first half where he was worse than Jimmy Abdu. Harsh, Les, harsh. Don't think it was that bad, mate. But um, going to go with those sentiments of the second half, very much so. The arrogant lion says, what a difference a rocketing makes, because that was must have been what they had at half-time in the dressing room, because the second half was like a different team. He asked Harris to keep Ferguson at left back. This side can't deal with three hoofers at the back. Once again, Thompson, Ben Thompson, different class. Plus, he always looks up when he makes a long pass. Hartford Lion, um, referring to Sean Williams, said first half, what Williams didn't set the world Tonight, but he had two decent halves in, in Hartford Lions' view. Two decent halves, first half and second half, and was solid. Ben Thompson, by contrast, says Hartford was awful in the first half and a good second half. I think the whole team was awful in the first half. Ben Thompson, I, I didn't didn't stand out as particularly awful from where I was sitting, um, but everyone in that first half was was playing very very under par. That's for sure. All war hopes we can keep the vultures, the other clubs, off of Ben Thompson. He's a quality little player, says All War. Jay Zorn says Ben Thompson and Marlon Romeo were the two bright sparks of the first half. Um, not very bright in my opinion, but I know what you mean, Jays. Uh, despite us trying to hit the space station at every opportunity, long ball football. Williams, good first half, he asks. Really? Um, Williams' first half contributions were being that he lost the ball four times. He is shit, says Jay Zorn. He's the weak link, without a doubt. Ben Thompson, man of the match by a country mile. That's not a city mile, listener. That's a country mile. It's a different length of mile. Revis gives us an interesting angle that his boy, maybe he was a... a, a mascot or something, said that before the game the Shrewsbury team were all fired up swearing and geeing each other up in the tunnel before the start. The Millwall team, by comparison, were quiet as mouses. Mouses. Mice. Mice. Not mouses. Mice. That explains why we were so shit in the first half, says Rivets. We weren't fired up. We weren't geed up. And I must admit, I mean, I don't know the strength of of that particular um, viewpoint, but certainly in the first half, we did look quiet as mouses. Mice. 
Jake B asks, um, maybe we all need to swear more. Come on, you cunts, let's fucking have it. Style, something like that, says Jake. Um, I think, <laughs> I don't think there's one thing we are short of, Jake, is swear words down the den, mate, but I hear your sentiment. I do get where you're coming from. C. Lyon asks an interesting, uh, makes an interesting point about the police presence today. As I was leaving the ground, there was um, lined up in kind of um, Battle of Waterloo style, was about six mounted officers and a good few kind of um, foot soldiers looking aggressively at the Millwall fans. I don't know if there was any kind of intelligence of any description that the, the Shrewsbury mob, the Shrewsbury firm, are down in town today and we need to be kept at bay, but it was certainly quite heavy-handed. As Sea line puts it, end of the game, six mounted police, untold police by the club shop, five armoured riot vans and four more mounted police on the walkway onto the railway platform. Well, the feel for expecting trouble from the English border front, who I think are the um, said Shrewsbury mob, um, at least very brave. They were brave from the upper tier, he says, and probably had a pre-match beer around London Bridge a few miles away. And East Lower refers to a dozen lemons who walked across the top tier in the second half with all the football factory gear on average age, something around 16. I didn't see that East Lugs where I sit. I don't actually get a great view of the away end, but I like it. And the Disco Biscuit contrasts the recent events, sad events in places like Rotherham and various other towns in the, in our uh, country where um, kids are being abused and raped and contrasts that with the amount of police presence required at a third tier football match between um, a, a team with no history of bringing any kind of mob to the den. Um, bullies, he calls the, the police bullies and various other words, swear words, he calls them as well. I don't know if this is true. I saw this on Twitter. I think the halfway line, Mill halfway line on Twitter um, backs up what Greenwich Line is saying here, that the police commissioner, which is Sir Bernard Hogan, Hogan Howe, was, was at the den today. I can't believe that, was he? On a, on a horse, apparently. Has he got some kind of Duke of Wellington complex? Um, was he really at the den today to oversee policing operations for what was um, a, a minor third division game? There was Arsenal playing West Ham as I was leaving home. Um, up the road from me was the um, the Vermin versus the Gooners. I can't believe he was he chose to be at our place, if that is true. That's the second report I've seen of Sir Bernard Hogan Howe, Metropolitan Police Commissioner, being on a horse. At the den, was that true? Did it? Can anyone verify that? We need to know, listeners. We need to know. Persian on House of Fun reckons it sounds like something out of Batman. I make you right, Persian. Jay Shaw on Twitter. Jay's on again um, on Twitter. Comments that it could be a shootout at the end of the season between us and Bradford for second. I think that's ambitious, Jay. But I, I like where you're going with it, mate. The Jules last uh, away game to secure automatic being a shootout, and Jason is unfortunately in Butlins for that game. So you enjoy Butlins, Jay. I'm going to enjoy getting myself down to the Priestfield Stadium for a second-place shootout, potentially. But enjoy Butlins. Do they still have red coats there? I bet they do. But I do like your, your sentiment regarding Ben Thompson, who's copied in on this tweet, uh, Jay, as close to Alex Ray as you ever like to see in a Mill shirt again. And you know what? He is one of our own. I like that. I do like that one, Shane. Craig King on Twitter says, maybe it was a bollocking. Maybe he's a tactical genius. Whatever it was, I know one thing. I fucking love Neil Harris. Hashtag Millwall. And one last one we're going to close out with on Twitter. From the man himself, Mr. Ben Thompson. Simple photo of himself in the aftermath of scoring that fantastic volley. Fist raised in triumph. And the simple word, yes. With about five S's on it. Fantastic post, Ben. Love your performance to death, mate. Take it away, Robert Delgado.
fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.